The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash florio and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash florio. F-L-O-R-I-O. Thanks for your help. I don't know is, is Kyler right now just in terms of where he is. How curious are you to see what he looks Very like? curious, but uh, I know the work that he's put in. Um, you know, the people that have helped him get to this point, uh, you know, you can't praise enough. The whole medical staff, all that, um, the performance staff, um, the doctors, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, he's, he hasn't taken a snap in this offense either. So, um you know, we got to see him do a lot of things, but I know he's excited to get out there and start playing some football. Jonathan Ginn, first-year Cardinals head coach, teams 1-5, Kyler Murray back on the practice field. Doesn't mean he's going to play anytime soon. You open the window when the player comes back. The window stays open for a certain period of time, and then you get to the end of that period. I think it's five weeks. At the end of that period, you've got to put him on the active roster or shut him down for the balance of the year. The anticipation has been, the expectation has been that he's going to play this year. Now, the other side of that, and this is a point Mike Lombardi made weeks ago, and it makes sense. There are significant injury guarantees that become full guarantees in the future. And if they are thinking about going in a different direction at quarterback, there is a reason to not play him this year, a business reason to not play him this year, because if he can't pass a physical before the date on which the guarantees flip, they're stuck. And simply pointing that out, and I'm I'm impressed that Cardinals fans can be so passionate and loyal about their team, given how dysfunctional the front office seems to be, specifically ownership level, and the fact that the team's one in five. They are very loyal, and they are very rabid. And now that Kyler Murray's back, the reaction is, hey, Take that, Florio. See, he's, he's, you said he's not playing this year. You said he's not. It's like, people, let's be fair with what the point is. The point is there's a business reason for the Cardinals to not play him this year if they're thinking about moving on. Because if they play him this year and he gets injured again, they're stuck with all the millions that are currently injury guaranteed. They become full guarantees, and they can't get away from the contract. If they're thinking about moving on, there is a business reason to not play him this year. And it looks like they're going to go ahead and roll the dice, Chris. I don't know that it's going to make much of a difference, but the fact that he's back at practice six weeks into the season tells me that, you know, unless they're going to slow play it and the doctors are going to tell him that he's not medically cleared when maybe he could be, unless there's some game they're going to play to keep him off the field, it sure looks like he's going to be playing. Right. I mean, at some point, Kyler Murray's going to want to play. I mean, they can't, they can't hold him out here. Forever, if he, if they, you know, he's medically clear, he's feeling good, he's throwing good, he's running around good, he's going to want to play ball. I think the other thing, too, is, you know, yeah, we talk about, oh, you know, maybe they'll 
draft a quarterback. It could be Caleb Williams. It could be Michael Penix Jr. up at Washington. Maybe Drake May at North Carolina, one of those guys. As we know, you know, there's no guarantee you do get one of those guys. You don't. You don't know for sure. And I think if you're smart about this, and, and listen, there, there's always risk. It's football. We know that. And you explained it the right way. But I think they got to see what Kyler Murray is too. They got to see a little bit. What, 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 what is he made of? Let me see what he looks like in this offense, what Jonathan Gannon talks about. You know, they got a little talent there on that offense, at receiver, and, and, and they can be dangerous where they're a handful. They're pretty creative on the offensive side of the ball. And then you throw in, uh, okay, a quarterback who can move around and run a little bit and we know has the threat to run the ball. You know, they could be really a pain in the butt there on that side. So I think they got to look at it too and just tinker and kind of see what they got before they start to go, hey, we're going to ship off something that's, you know, really talented and got a lot of special things about him. We're just going to ship him off to roll the dice on, hey, maybe we'll get one of the other three guys. Maybe we'll do it, you know. Uh, and also within that too, you know, what if, what if he really impresses them, blows them away, and okay, now everything's, whoa, we like him. Now you don't have to maybe trade assets to move up to get one of those quarterbacks, and now you could use those assets to build your football team and all that. So I think there's a lot of at play here that they're probably figuring out out in Arizona. And, uh, yeah, I don't think they got any choice here when, it, when it's all said and done whether they're going to play Kyler Murray. Jonathan Gannon said as to when Murray will play, it's an organizational decision, but he's a big part of that. That whole concept of organizational decision gets back to what we saw last year. Remember when out of the blue Matt Ryan was benched and it was clearly to ensure that he would be able to pass a physical before they pulled the plug on $17 million in injury guarantees that became fully guaranteed in March. If he gets injured last year and can't pass a physical by that date, they owe him another $17 million on top of what they already gave him for not quite a full year of not quite high-end football performance. We saw it with Derek Carr last year, end of the season. All of a sudden, he's gone. Why is he gone? Because he's got $40 million in injury guarantees that become fully vested right after the Super Bowl. We can't let this guy be in a position where he fails to pass a physical because if we can't trade him, we are going to cut him. And people are like, oh, surely they're not going to do that. They just signed him to a 20-whatever-million-dollar-a-year contract or $40 million contract. Excuse me, the market's gone up dramatically. It was 25 the last time, $40 million this time. And, oh, oh, they're not going to – oh, you're crazy. You're nuts. You're high. Oh, and they cut him. So these are the clues that we're searching for. And – Lombardi laid it out very well on McAfee's show back in late August. The idea that the culture's changing, management's changed, coaching has changed, DeAndre Hopkins is gone, Isaiah Simmons is gone, Kyler Murray is part of the old regime. Does this new regime want him? Chris, you said it yourself. There's plenty of coaches in the NFL that would never want Kyler Murray on their team because right. he's too short. Right. It doesn't matter what he can do. He's too short. I don't want a guy that size as my quarterback. Yeah. It's going to cut out, what, half the league? Two-thirds of the league? I don't know. But, the, you know, the point is this. There is a very real business uh, reason, an incentive, to not play him this year. That's part of what they're working their way through. You know, the other side of it is we need people to come to the games. And they're not coming to the games to see a winning team. Maybe they'll come to the games to see Kyler Murray. We got to put Kyler Murray out there. We got to roll the dice. Otherwise, we're going to be playing to a house of you know, 10,000 people, and they're going to be all fans of the visiting team. That's part of the business reality, too. So it's a complicated situation. They have to consider all factors. But one of the factors is, if we're thinking about moving on from this guy after the season and he gets injured again, our hands are going to be tied. And we're going to have to pay him a lot of money that we otherwise would foist onto some other team. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's not easy. It definitely is a, a delicate balance there. You know, and I think, you know, what you're talking about as far as the old regime, right, and all that, you know, I, I think that's real. Of course, the size of the quarterback and all that is not, you know, he, it, it's it, not everybody loves Kyler Murray's size. Yes, I mean, very true. I'd, I would have had a hard time drafting him, right? I'm kind of old school. Yeah, New York Giants, New England Patriots type of guy. I want a big pocket passing type of quarterback, right? Uh, so, but, but, you know, I will say, too, I think they got to give him – the right to prove himself a little bit to, you know, 
Hey, we talked. He was spoiled, I think, for, for lack of a better way to say it, under Cliff Kingsbury. It was, you know, his old buddy, and the red carpet was laid out there just for Kyler Murray. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury was hired just because of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray came in as a rookie and knew the offense better than any of the veterans because it was an offense he ran in college. So he kind of got, you know, spoiled in football terms because of that here. This is going to be a total adjustment for him. You know, he's not king of the castle completely here with the new regime. But I think that his talent is great enough that you see where this goes a little bit and you see what he's made of. And let's, let's see if he can be a leader and be the right guy that we want, you know, as far as the general of our football team at the quarterback position. And, hey, wait, you know, we got some things here in our offense that are kind of good. I mean, their offense is pretty creative. It really is. And then you talk about, hey, Hollywood and Rondale Moore and the kid they drafted out of Stanford and Michael Wilson, he's a hell of a player. They're a top 10 running football team in the NFL. What will they be if Kyler Murray and the threat of him running is there? So I think that's why they got to do this for themselves here and check this out a little bit. Uh, Drew Petzing, their offensive coordinator, he does a good job. And like I said, I think it's, you know, worth the risk to find out whether he's the guy and that injury risk and all of that, and maybe he could be the future, one, because of his talent, but two, I think also because, like we said, there, there's no guarantee you're going to get one of those guys for sure that uh, you want next year unless you trade to number one. And, of course, then we'll know you'll have to trade some assets or maybe they'll lose every game here. I don't know. But I think there's gamble in that as well. Uh, so I, I expect to see Kyler Murray on the field, I guess is what I'm saying, in the next three to four weeks. Hey, buddy, there, uh, there aren't a lot of wins lurking on the remainder of the Arizona Cardinals schedule. They're at the Seahawks this week. They've got the Ravens. They're at the Browns. They've got the Falcons. They're at the Texans. Rams at Steelers, 49ers at Bears at Eagles and Seahawks. The only team of the remaining opponents that currently has a losing record is the Bears week 16 and who the hell knows what it's going to be doing at soldier field in late december when the cardinals go back to one of the towns where they used to be they were in st louis and they were in originally chicago that's the only team everybody else is three and two three and three or better at this point and we just saw them struggle against the rams chris i don't know i mean maybe they'll surprise somebody the way they surprised the cowboys maybe somebody will look past them and I don't know how much of a difference Kyler Murray is going to make, but you know, we, I, in the off season, it seemed clear to me they were not prioritizing winning this year. Yeah, agreed. that is not the same as deliberately trying to lose. Right. But they weren't prioritizing winning this year by yeah. trading away this year's draft picks, by taking the full DeAndre Hopkins twenty-two million dollar cap hit this year instead of keeping eleven million around as they easily could have, just in case an opportunity arises at the trade deadline to get a veteran that makes you better this year. They're not prioritizing winning this year, and when you look at the rest of this schedule, prioritizing it or not, there aren't many wins remaining this year for the Cardinals, Chris. That's no. just that's just reality. It's it's going to be tough. We we know that. You know they've played pretty damn good in, in every game. I mean, been extremely competitive. That's what I'll say. And and look at some of those games and go. You know, I sat there and go, oh, if they had Kyler Murray, they would have won this game. I mean, you know, even last week. You know, it, it, it's 13 to nine halfway through the third quarter. It's 16 to nine in the fourth quarter. It's not like they're out of it. And when I, you know, cause I've had, I have had to watch them on film. Of course, you know, I do that. People want to talk about it on the podcast, especially early in the year when they were surprising people a little bit. Uh, and yeah, you know, there's, their offense is good. Like I said, it's creative. And there was a handful of plays in every game I watched on film where I went, oh man, you know, Dobbs is doing a good job, but if they had a real starting quarterback, man, they had some plays here that would have been, you know, game changers. Uh, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, we'll see where this goes. You're right. There's a lot, there's not many teams that are more talented than, but I mean, I don't think it's crazy. I don't know. You know, the, they could stand toe to toe with the Rams and some of these, they could find two or three more wins on the schedule is what I'm saying, I guess is what I'm saying. But it, yeah, it, it's not like the, uh, they're they're the most talented team in football or anything like that. The best case scenario for the Cardinals is this. 
Show fight every week, yeah, but lose anyway. Show spirit and heart and be competitive and try to win and do your best, but just keep coming up short because if it's a full-blown tank and the coach is in on it, it's kind of hard to keep the coach next year. That's the other thing that I said that got all twisted around. I said, look, if they do the full-blown tank, they're going to have to do the reset of the coaching staff next year because when you embrace being bad, you create a culture that is very difficult to reverse. And you got to do what they did with Steve Wilkes after 2018. You got to press the reset button and you got to go get Cliff Kingsbury or whoever they would get. I know. But if they can lose while still trying their damnedest to win and keeping games close and giving people just hope that, you know, they got a little something under Gannon, then Gannon stays for next year as they try to turn out of this and maybe draft a franchise quarterback and move forward. So it's working actually pretty well. For the Cardinals so far. They've only won one game. They're in the mix for the first overall pick. They have a very tough schedule. But like you said, they're not just laying down. No. They're playing tough. Will it continue, though, as 1-5 and five becomes 1-6? and six? And we'll give them a win or two there. Let's say 2-10, and 10, right? 3-12. and 12. Do you really hold it together when you're down at the end of the road and you're just checking the boxes until you get the hell out of the seat? Yeah, it's got to be the careful. Players are playing because yeah. the film, the film stays with them and it affects what they're going to do next year. But still, at some point, you just want to get this thing over with and move on. No, you're right, and you got to be careful. You know, there is, you know, the perception, right, and, and that all that too. And, and you're right. I mean, if it goes like, hey, we're one in sixteen, and even though we were kind of pe- competitive and good. What happens is, yeah, that'll get used against you the next year, even if you keep the job. Oh, now you start out the next year, right? Right? And now you start out, oh, we got off to a bad start. We're one and four. Now everybody starts to go, this guy's two and 20 as a starting coach. And then all of a sudden, everybody just starts to crap all over you and the organization and everything. So there's a fine line here that they got to figure out about what's best for them and and just the overall perception of the coaching staff, the organization, and everything that I, I think you're hitting on and is very real there. They've got three East Coast outdoors games after December 1 at Pittsburgh, at Chicago, at Philly on New Year's Eve. What a flight home that is going to be with one game left in the season after playing the Eagles, unless the Eagles – have locked up the one seed by then, and they're just putting out backups. My gosh, long season for the Arizona Cardinals, but we got to give them credit. They're trying, they're competitive, and the next question is, when will we see Kyler Murray, and will it make a difference? Let's take a break. When we return, somebody suggested a certain narrative that's been making the rounds to Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel, and he didn't like it at all. We'll let you hear and see what he had to say when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat. Protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. Of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA, and Peacock. There are some folks who believe that many quarterbacks in this scheme, with you as the coach, with Tyreek and Jalen, maybe even many, many quarterbacks, would excel, would flourish 
we're, we're top of the passer rater leading MVP candidate. What, if any, pushback is there relative to? Wait, no, no, hold on. Tua is a little bit. Let's push this podium over. Um, <laughs> my my answer to that would would be who the f cares because it's it, there's it is a team we're we're working together and I know one thing um, I've coached stuff a long time I haven't seen um, people do what our guys do now. That's what Mike McDaniel was supposed to say. He's got to defend the guys on the team. But to the extent that we embrace analytics as a personnel tool, and analytics have been part of NFL personnel for years. They just didn't call it analytics. But when you consider, and they have a decision to make coming up, what they're going to do with Tua Tonga-Vailoa's long-term financial situation. Is he a guy that you pay market value to when you recognize the possibility that there are others out there that could run that offense with Mike McDaniel, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Devon A. Chan, Raheem Mostert, all the other pieces. If that's true, I mean, that's something they have to ask themselves. It's one thing for others to have the opinion, but that's a real question at some point that the organization has to ask itself. Before we pay Tua Tonga-Vailoa anything close to market value, what is our replacement cost for Tua? Yeah. How much will it require us in draft picks and cash to get somebody who can do exactly what Tua can do? And if a lot of guys can do what Tua is doing, why would you give him $50 million a year? I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I'm just saying it's a fair question. Yeah. And it's part of the analysis the Dolphins had better be engaging in at some point. Yeah, I agreed there. And then you got to, you know, whoever your new quarterback is, you got to rewire him, right, and get him up to date with the offense and try to get him to a level that Tua is at here in year two and whatever else there. You know, so th- th- those are all fair, and and you know, I'm all for paying uh, to a market value for what he's doing right now. I mean, he's he's playing great football. It's a great answer. They're answering things the right way down in Miami, which is what I like a little bit. There's a little edge of like, hey, f what everybody wait, says. Wait, hang yeah, on, hold on. I'm going to get there. Hold on. You're yeah. you're in favor of paying him fifty million well, a year. Well, let me just say what I didn't finish it. I didn't finish. All right. Market value. Yeah. To me, what are we talking about here? That's sort of, you know, where's market value? I don't think he should be paid anybody. Let him hit the market and find well, I out. Know. Well, let's go lower. Well, why does it have to be? Well, he should be right up here now. He's next. You know what I've always say? Like, that's a bunch of bullshit. Like, it should be, here's Patrick Mahomes, and then here we go down to the pecking order of everybody else. And nobody should pass him. That's the way it used to be in the old days. I don't know where it became, whoever's up next just gets more money. It's fucking absurd. It's stupid. And the NFL owners are the ones. Good morning. All right. Hello. So, hello, everybody. Now, it's also fair for people like you and me to have this conversation on what you're talking about with analytics and all of that stuff. You're right. Like, come on. There's nothing wrong with having this conversation. Not that Mike McDaniel or Tua got to get involved with it, but this is part of sports and what we do. And you have to be crazy, okay, if you don't think you put Justin Herbert, okay, Justin Herbert with the – I don't know about him currently. I don't know about him currently. You're crazy, Mike. I don't know. Come on. I I want to see him win some games. I want to see him knock his Keenan Allen with his wide ass open. If you put Joe Burrow with them, you put Josh Allen with them, you put Mahomes with them, you put Lamar with them, you put Jalen Hurts with them, you put Trevor Lawrence with them, they're all going to set the single-season passing record. They all are, okay? All right? And Justin Herbert would too. Definitely. I mean, come on. There's a lot of issues out there in the Chargers that are that are affecting that. So that's well, where. And why is it so crazy to say that? Like, does everybody think that Dan Marino wouldn't have won a Super Bowl on the 49ers? Hey, this just in, everybody. He would have won multiple. Multiple. I'm not saying he would have won four or more, but he would have won multiple. Do you think if you didn't put him on the Giants instead of Phil Sims that the Giants wouldn't have won a Super Bowl with Dan Marino? Like, get the hell out of here. Why is it a quarterback we can't have this conversation, but any other position people can do it? Like, if you ever go, man, what would Barry Sanders look like behind that 93 Cowboys offense line? Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I know. It would be amazing, right? He'd have been unstoppable. He'd have been the greatest. He would have broke the rushing record. Everybody can do it at every position, but when it gets quarterback, it gets personal to certain fan bases and they can't take it and yeah Tua and Brock Purdy 
It's the same thing. They're very good. They're really good quarterbacks. But there is a substantial amount of quarterbacks that could do what they do in the NFL, and they'd win the games and put up numbers where we'd go, damn, they're MVPs. So that's all we're saying, and I think it's fair to have that perspective. I do think it's fair. I want to go back to how I define market value. I mean market high-end, top-of-market value. And I didn't explain it very artfully, and I lit the fuse on an S-bomb and an F-bomb, and we apologize (laughs) to our viewers and listeners that Chris, who's been sick this week, I'll make the excuse. I don't apologize for any of it. This is how I talk. See, he's so (laughs) sick he doesn't even know how to apologize. But my point is this, and I think we're on the same page, and maybe the only way to do this is to let Tua hit the market after next year. They picked up the fifth-year option, surprised a lot of people by doing that, and you and I have a theory that, and I think you agree with my theory, that they felt like they they owed it to him after all the crap he went through last year, right. and they didn't want a to distraction. show anything other than complete faith in him going into this season. This right. is really the season where they're going to make their long-term decision about Tua. But that's the question. What do you pay Tua if you acknowledge maybe there are plenty of other guys that can do what two is doing. Because then the next question is, how much does it cost us to get one of those guys? How much of this is Mike McDaniel? How much of Purdy is Kyle Shanahan? Those are fair questions. And you're right, Chris. It's not hate of the player. We know the quarterbacks who have supernatural, off-the-charts, Holy crap. I can't. Hey, Pete, let us. Well, this is a good conversation. Screw this other stuff. We, this other stuff is just checking boxes. Let us talk about what we're talking about, please. We can. See, now I'm, I, I should have dropped an S bomb there. We, we can have this conversation about whether or not a quarterback truly is in the category of the ones who are the highest paid. Some of them who are making a lot of money aren't. And if you're a fan of the team, wouldn't you rather pay the quarterback less? So you'd have money to spend at other key positions if you could go find a guy for a lot less than what Tua may want or what Brock Purdy eventually may want. It's a fair conversation. That's all he I'm saying. To get back. That's all I'm saying. I'm no, sorry, but That's Pete. right. It's a fair I'm conversation. Sorry, that, that, that's all we're saying. Always let me finish my point, Pete. We've been over this. Let me finish my point before you tell me what to do. All right. All right. Uh, until I was talking. He waited until I was talking to tell me to move on. Let's move on. <laughs> What's more likely this weekend? The 5-1 and one Dolphins at the 5-1 and one Eagles on Sunday Night Football, NBC and Peacock. The Dolphins rush for over 150 yards or under 100 yards. What's more likely, Chris? Oh, I'm going to go under 100. I'm going to go under 100. It's dicey. Uh, and I, you don't feel comfortable with anything when you talk about the Dolphins offense. Uh, I think a little bit of that is I think I, I want to I would like to know Jalen Carter's health because Jalen Carter is the best defense alignment in the, on the Eagles and already one of the best defense alignment in all of football. So his health is paramount to this. But I think that's where they'll they're, they're not going to let the run game go off. And I think they got a great defense line that'll be able to slow that down a little bit. Jalen Carter was limited in practice yesterday with the ankle injury that kept him out of the week six loss to the New York Jets. So I still think the Dolphins are going to get over 150 rushing. I still think they're going to. I just think that they're. <laughs> they're kind of unstoppable, I mean, is that what you're saying? I, think, I just think they're, yeah. yeah. Even without Devon Achan, I just think that they're going to, they're going to be clicking. Um, I can uh, see it being like. And if the like, choices are over yeah. 150 or under 100, I got to go over 150. Yeah, I think no, it's, a I, it's a yeah, tough number. It's a tough number. That's how these are set up. Yeah. Maybe the most likely is 100 to 149, but between the two, I'll go over 150. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I could see this being something where the Eagles go all in to stop one thing and another thing goes crazy in the game, right? Maybe they go all in to stop Tyreek and the, the passes and all that, and then it leads to 200 yards rushing. I could also see them going all in and going, wait, we're not going to let them run because once they start doing that, the play-action pass and Tyreek over the middle and Waddle over here, we can't stop it. But, you know, you go all in to stop the run, and then all of a sudden you look up and go, damn, two a throw for 450 on us. I, I could see that happening. I'm so excited for this football game. We obviously have the best game of the week here with these two teams. I mean, these are all-star football teams. Really about as unbelievably built teams 
as as you can imagine over the last 10 years. I mean, it's up there with anybody as far as the talent these two teams got across the roster. Only 13 games this weekend, and you're right. Dolphins and Eagles, two 5-1 teams, best game of the week. A great game, though, at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chargers, despite being 2-3, and three, we've seen them play the Chiefs tough. They're the one team in the AFC West that can compete with the Kansas City Chiefs on a regular basis. What's more likely? Justin Herbert, we mentioned him earlier, has a few head-scratching misfires, like when he missed Keenan Allen wide open on Monday night, or Patrick Mahomes has a head-scratching interception. What's more likely? I think I'm going to go with the uh, Justin Herbert head-scratching misfires. I, I think that's what I would go with there. You know, I, you know, I, I feel like Mahomes, you know, these are the type of games, like last game he wasn't sharp, or you know, not as sharp as we know him to be, right? Threw, threw, he threw an interception. Did he throw two last game? I can't even remember exactly what it was. But either way, like I feel like this is the get-right game where their offense will be totally focused and and you know back clicking and because they're not going to like how they looked on Thursday night and of course now they have a a long ten days to do it. So I'm going to go with the head scratching misfires. This is one of the things that I think the NFL needs to strive to be a little more fair about too. Chargers played Monday night. Yeah. Chiefs played Thursday night. Yeah. There's an extra baked-in advantage for the Chiefs coming home with the extra time and the Chargers short week having to travel. It's going to be a tough one for the Chargers, and I agree with you. I think it's more likely we're going to see some head-scratching misfires from Justin Herbert. And look, they've already made the decision to pay Herbert. It ain't his fault if it doesn't work this year. It's going to be reset of the coaching staff, and they're going to find somebody to get the most out of Justin Herbert. And we've already said this. The buzzards are going to be circling early around that Chargers job because of Justin Herbert. He's got the tools. And the point that Peter King makes all the time, the Bill Walsh quote, if I see a guy do it once, I can coach him to do it all the time. That's right. There's enough great stuff that Justin Herbert can do with the right coaching. He'll be doing it all the time and he will be unstoppable. Hey, real quick Lions Mike just Ravens. off of that. Real quick Go off ahead. of that. He just he 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 obviously missed some throws the other night. There's no doubt. I mean, I was texting with Pete during the game going, "Damn, I've never seen him miss some of these throws for sure." But also, hey, I mean, he was under pressure. He was under pressure. That's where like sacks are a little overrated. I know they got one sack at the end of the game. He was under pressure in that game more than any other quarterback in any game all year. You know, you know, and, and, and those are stats that, you know, I can stand by because, I mean, pressure, yeah. The pocket was collapsing around him on a consistent basis. He's a super talented guy, but, yeah, he was not on his game the other night. Another good game this weekend will happen in Baltimore. 5-1 Lions invade the uh, Ravens Stadium. I can't remember the name of it. M&T Bank or something like that. I think like it's that. M&T Bank, knows? right. right. There goes our M&T Bank sponsorship. The Ravens are 4-2. and two. Uh, What's more likely, the Ravens rush for under 75 yards against that Detroit defense or over 125? Detroit is holding teams to an NFL best 65 yards per game rushing. Their run defense was 29th last year, so this is a hell of an improvement. What's more likely, under 75 for Baltimore or over 125? Oh, I know. These, these are tough numbers to put because, I mean, you know, Pete's got it right here. The sweet spot would be somewhere in between. Um, it, it, this is, I mean, Detroit is hard to run against. They got some big dudes up front. I mean, both their D tackles are 320 plus. You got the freak of nature, Aiden Hutchinson on one guy on one side. They start the Kaminsky guy, who's kind of like a hybrid D-tackle D-end on the other D-end. They're tough. They got some thumping linebackers in the middle. I'm going to go with the over the 125. You know, because with Baltimore, of course, they're a great, they are a really good running football team. They're different defending them because of the Lamar element and his runs. And then also, like, Lamar is bound to rip off a run here and there or at every, you know, you know, a scramble, I'm trying to say, not the traditional run. So I'll go with over 125. Below 75 is just a little too low. I don't love either one of these numbers, but I'm going to pick 125. This is a tough spot for the Lions. This is a tough spot. We've seen them win at Arrowhead Stadium. They've, they've won, what, four in a row since losing week two at home to the Seahawks. This is a tough spot to go into Baltimore. Because we've seen what the Ravens can do when they're fully focused and when things are clicking. Definitely. Now, coming back from London, does that affect him? I don't know. But Lamar Jackson is looking pretty damn good this year. And a couple of runs from him, and you're going to be you know, in the neighborhood of getting team total over 125. So I'll go with you over 125. Last one, Monday Night Football, 5-1 49ers at the 2-4 Vikings. What's more likely? 
Brock Purdy's MVP odds go up or down as a result of Monday night's game? Ooh, well, I mean, this will be, you know, this is bad news for your Vikings. Pissed off 49ers team coming oh, I to town. I already after a accept loss. it. I know. Yep. Um, I know. I know. I'm going to say coming. MVP odds get better. I just think they'll be an ultra-focused team. He played his worst game of his career. I mean, he played bad last week. There's no other way to say it. It was bad. Uh, it really was. He missed throws and was uncomfortable and everything during that football game. Uh, we know how good they are. They still had a chance to win it at the end. But, yeah, I just think that this offense, you know, your Vikings defense is much better. Brian Flores and his game plan scare me a little bit. But I think we'll get back to efficient 49er Brock Purdy type football and he'll put up some good numbers and, and improve that number. But, again, you know, to me, the MVP of the 49ers is that guy that runs the ball at running back wearing number 23. I'm going to fight this all year. I am. I'm going to fight it with the Dolphins, and I'm going to fight it with the 49ers. That's the damn MVP of the team. The whole team revolves around him when he's not doing really well. We saw last week that the, the offense fell off a little bit. He's the MVP, even though I know it's the quarterback on the best team. I'm so sick of that damn conversation, but his MVP odds will get better after this one. We don't know what Christian McCaffrey's status is going to be on Monday night. We'll get the injury reports Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the Monday night game. There have been mixed signals as to whether or not McCaffrey will play. If he doesn't play and Purdy has a big game, prime time, everyone watching, that gives Purdy a little bit of a boost. It does. You're right. right? It's going to give him a boost. If they could go out there and play really well without Christian McCaffrey, then maybe... Some folks say, okay, I'm going to put some of my money on Purdy for MVP, and the odds are going to move accordingly. Now, so what, if they do, what if they do? What if they do really good? If, like, they do, like, he has, you know, what if Jordan Mason runs for, like, 150, right? I mean, what do you think? That'll still, people will go, well, damn, they ran the ball, or do you think just McCaffrey not being in there will be enough? I think McCaffrey not being in there, if they win convincingly, that's enough to give Purdy a bump. Yeah, I hear because you. Because people will say, okay, Purdy's. They can, they can do it without McCaffrey. Can they do it without Purdy? I'm not sure they can do it without McCaffrey. I mean, if McCaffrey doesn't play Monday night, maybe it gets a little more interesting. And maybe Brock Purdy, after having his first real full-game adversity, setting aside the injury that happened in the NFC Championship, but just, you know, stuck in mud and the weather was an issue. It won't be an issue Monday night. But how do you coach him past his worst performance in the NFL? his worst full-game performance? How do you coach him beyond that and get him ready to go? How much of it lingers in his head? This is part of the, the curve. You know, which way is he going to go? Is he going to keep going up, or has he found a plateau? It's going to depend on what the Vikings do defensively. It's going to depend on whether or not they have Christian McCaffrey. It's going to depend on what your guy Kyle Shanahan can do by way of talking Purdy through and past what happened last Oh, week I texted last him. Week. I said, make sure you kick the shit out of Florio's Vikings. Let's go Niners. <laughs> I already know what's coming. I mean, I don't care. I've accepted it. The Vikings are two and four somehow. Yeah, and I saw my son said they could be six and zero. Oh. It's like, yeah, I guess they could be, but they still would. It would be just like last year where we know what's coming. You win all these games by the skin of your teeth, and then you lose in the playoffs, or you eventually get blown off the field by an elite team. They're going to get blown off the field by an elite team on Monday night. Spoiler alert for the coming Mega Picks podcast. I'm picking the 49ers to win on Monday night. We're going to pivot back to the Thursday night game, though. My favorite segment of the week, Thursday night football props, coming up next on PFT Live. You still got your Steelers, so don't worry. Props. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every single day. Download the app and use the promo code PFT Live when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, Thursday night football props. Let's go with Alvin Kamara, back from suspension, few games under his belt, over under, 85.5 yards from scrimmage, not just rushing, but everything for Alvin Kamara, over or under, Chris? I'm going to go over here. I mean, they've been feeding him the ball ever since he's been back. Uh, I think, you know, one, it's an offense that knows how to feature the running back in the passing game. Uh, I, I think with their current status of their offensive line, that they might try to run the ball a little bit, not trusting these tackles who are injured, the backups, pass protecting so much. I, I'm going to go over. You know, I think even Derek Carr's shoulder 
And I don't know how healthy that is. I think that lends itself to some more short passes and Kamara being there. So I'm, I'm going to take the over on that one. Yeah, I am as well. It seems a little low, which tells me it's a trap. Tells me they know something that I don't about either the game plan or some other factor that potentially keeps Alvin Kamara under 85.5, but it just feels like an over 85.5 night for him. Now, Travis Etienne, who has been very good in recent weeks, especially for those who play fantasy football, his over-under scrimmage yards is 88.5, three more than Kamara. Do you think he will get over? I'm going to take him on the over as well. I mean, Travis Etienne has been a star this year. Uh, he's been, I mean, he makes a few runs in every game where you go, Ooh, wow. Right. I, I mean, I think you even said it one time last week when he broke through the, the pack at a, at a moment there, but yeah. And, and they have great balance there in Jacksonville where they, they know how to work him in the run game and the pass game. You know, I would think the pass games more of the way, you know, they go this, you know, on this night, maybe if Trevor Lawrence is healthy and that's where he can have some advantages, especially with like if Demario Davis doesn't play, there might be some favorable matchups there as far as running back on, on linebacker. But they've been feeding him the ball pretty consistently all year. I'm going to go with the over on this one as well. All right, let's look at the broad selection of players who potentially will have the most receiving yards Ooh, tonight. What do you think? And those are the odds for each one. You've got Chris Olave as the favorite to have the most receiving yards at plus 190. He's the Saints receiver. And Alvin Kamara, the long shot at plus 2,200 on this board. You know, a lot of it depends on whether or not Trevor Lawrence is going to play, I right? Know, right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on the side of the Saints. If I'm looking to... And again, I don't bet. I don't need to. I don't I don't need any extra enjoyment out of watching the games. It's enough for me to compete on our picks. Guesses, and they are wild ass guesses. I'd go Rashid Shahid. Just I he always seems to have a big play in right? it. And you get one or two big plays out of him, and that thirteen to one pays off. Yeah, I I I, I mean listen, I, I he's the name that jumps out to me when you look at value. Rashid Shahid is one of the you know better, most dangerous, under the radar wide receivers in all of football. I mean, he he really is. He's got size. He makes big plays for them every week. He seems to be really him and Olavi, the big play guy. You know, I I don't. Jacksonville has found. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas in this one for the Saints. I, I am. I I could see this being a night where Jacksonville over the last few weeks has really done a good job of not letting big plays really happen behind them. You know, the stats are a little misleading, right? That's where stats don't always tell the whole story. A lot of garbage BS stats at the end of the game last week by Gardner Minshew and the Colts when the game was out of hand. The week before that, it was the same thing. Josh Allen threw for 359. He had, like, below 250 going in the fourth quarter. It was all like the game was over. We're going to play prevent, do all that. So I could see this being an Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. We're going to work these guys all night long. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas. Uh, I like your Shahid, Rashid Shahid pick, though, too. I think we are on the same page, though. It's going to be somebody from the Saints. Just for now, I'm scared. playing it right. safe because right. we don't know about Trevor Lawrence. Right. And even if he plays, who knows how effective and healthy he's going to be. All right, we'll take a break. When we return, the Chiefs gradually, systematically putting the band back together. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Oh, no, no, no. My mindset is definitely to dominate. Don't get it twisted. I'm, 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 I'm here to dominate, you know. But I'm saying, like, um, they have guys are already here. They solidified and they're in their positions, right? So, like, wherever they, wherever they need me to go and be, I'm going to do that at my best of my ability. At this point in your career, how much do you, do you feel like you have left? Have left? I just keep watching. You know, I ain't gonna make no expectations. Just keep watching, and I, I can show you. We'll, we'll revisit this question. All right. Julio Jones is back, and hey, I hope he does well. I hope he performs well. But it's been a long time since we've seen the Julio Jones that laid the foundation, Chris, for a Hall of Fame enshrinement at some point. Yeah, I agreed. I mean, he does. Uh a star of stars at the wide receiver position. And you're right. And as far as the NFL and receiver, it's hard to get in the Hall of Fame, right, because of the stats and numbers. I think he's one that's kind of like a no-brainer in that department. But, yeah, it's been like not a little while. It's been four years since we've seen anything even close to that. 
So I appreciate his confidence, and we know the receivers usually have a little bit of a delusional confidence there. But, yeah, we're talking about 700 yards in 2020. We're talking about 400 yards in 2021, and we're talking about 200 yards, 299 last year. So I don't know if that translates to necessarily dominating on the NFL field uh, right now. Well, and look, because the Eagles did it, we look at it and say they must have a plan. They must know something. There's just one of those teams right now because they've put together such a great roster. Any move they make, we're inclined to say, yeah, okay, right. They okay, right. Let's see. Anybody else, we'd be like, oh, what are they thinking? With the Eagles, it's like they must know something the rest of us don't. So but we we'll thought that last goes. year too when he signed with Tampa. We we're like, oh man, do Brady and them know something we don't? Is he gonna be like something? Oh, no, he's not. Okay, okay. So, yeah, you know, I know. I know. The Eagles are scary because, again, they got an all-star team, so you, you think they do have the inside track on everything there. Uh, the New York Jets had made it known that Mecole Hardman, who signed in free agency and had been the odd man out in the passing game, was available via trade. We had kicked around the obvious destination. The Chiefs need something. Take him back to Kansas City, and that's exactly what's going to happen. It's another one of these – Late round pick swaps. I haven't seen the details yet, but it's going to be Mecole Hardman and a seven with the Chiefs giving up a six. And back comes Mecole Hardman to Kansas City. Chris, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, I don't know whether it was an injury thing or what, but he just something's been off with Mecole Hardman. And I'm I'm actually kind of surprised the Chiefs through the doors open to bring him back. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think that shows you that they're a little desperate right now. Or not, I don't want to say desperate, but they're looking for something to add to the room there, another element at the receiver position. They know the guy. They know what he's capable of, right? But I know this, Mike, and I, I know that, you know, I, I think I've said this to you maybe off air or whatever, but I think there was concern at the end of last year that McCole Hardman with his injury that he had, I think it was groin and, and maybe something else, that he did never got the explosion back. And I think that led to the New York Jets. The Jets didn't pay him all that money to not play him or do that. I mean, again, the Jets don't necessarily have like the greatest receiving core in football. So for him not to get on the field there, I think says something there. So I think they're going to try to like, hey, let's see if we can get this guy back to what he was and figure this out because we know him and we know his potential. But I'll be very interested to watch this play out for sure. Also, another former chief that may be a current chief again, Frank Clark visiting Kansas City today. He gave up $1.7 million to secure his release from the Broncos. First it was Randy Gregory. Yeah. Now it's Frank Clark. Clark may go back to Kansas City. I don't know who else they're going to bring back. Chris. I mean, <laughs> any former chief out there is now fair game. I'm, maybe they would like to have Tyree Kill back. Uh, maybe after everything that's happened, even though they won the Super Bowl without him, that's the one big difference between the Dolphins' offense and the Chiefs' offense right now. One has Tyree Kill and one does not. Let's go ahead and take a break. We're going to do a draft of our favorite matchups for Week 7 when PFT Live continues right after this. Sorry, I had to get This Sunday, Fantasy Football Pregame with Matthew Berry will broadcast live from Applebee's on Roosevelt Boulevard in Philadelphia this Sunday. The, the restaurant opens at 10.30 a.m. and the pregame show starts at 11. Start your tailgate party with Matthew and the guys ahead of the big Sunday night football matchup between the Dolphins and the Eagles. And you can watch the show live on Peacock and on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. All right, it's week seven draft time. Matchups. Chris, there's a trivia question. I shouldn't ask you a trivia question since you're kind of impaired after dealing with your, you know, uh, projectile vomiting. Uh, all week long, <laughs> Thank you. Including the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey has 15 straight games with a touchdown. The NFL record for a touchdown streak is 17 games held by what Hall of Fame former Colts running back? 17 straight games with a touchdown. Hall of Fame former Colts running back. Okay. Interesting. Well, that, that I mean, so you think of, like, Marshall Falk, Edger and James, right? They're both in the Hall of Fame, right? I'm, I'm correct about that. Edgerin's in there, right? Am I wrong about that? I think yes. he is. Yes. Yes. So, wait, I'm not answering this yet. I'm, I'm just going through this. There's only, like, 
Lenny Moore, right? He would be another one that I I think he's in the Hall of Fame, right? Am I correct? I'm going to go with Lenny Moore. I think this is a curveball. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Damn, I'm on fire with the trivia lately. I really am. I mean, damn, I'm good. Woo! Man, I'm good. Um, (laughs) You you get the first pick. Have at it. Okay. All right. Where do I go here? Um, There's there's so many matchups in the Dolphins-Eagles game. I don't even know where to go here in this one. Uh, I think I'm just going to go to the one, the fun one on the outside, Xavier Howard versus A.J. Brown. I got to think there's going to be some matchups in this football game between those two because I like what you talked about early in the show. There's so many things to worry about with the Dolphins. You know, at times you you got a guy like Xavier Howard. You can play man-to-man, free up some other guys to take away some of that other stuff. Uh, that's the one I'll look at. Xavier Howard's still phenomenal corner. A.J. Brown is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Aaron Donald against whoever the Steelers dare to put out to block him and prevent him from destroying Kenny Pickett and completely screwing up the Pittsburgh offense. I mean, look, Aaron Donald doesn't get a chance to play the Steelers very often. He played at Pitt. He's from Pittsburgh. He's going to be extra driven for this one. He's already driven in every game. He's going to be even more driven in this one. I think it's going to be the Aaron Donald wrecking crew against my pasta and meatball Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris. Oh, I, 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 okay. I like that. I like that. It's going to be fun, certainly. I think that's an under-the-radar very good game this weekend for sure. I'm going to go to one of the 1 p.m. games on Sunday that I think is really, for me, the second-best game of the weekend other than our Sunday night football game, right? The Ravens-Lions game. I'm, I'm excited. to. We kind of hit on this. The Lions' defense, the run game, versus the big boys up front and the Ravens. Lions' D-line, Ravens' O-line. You want to talk about lots of meat and potatoes on the field and big butts and hamstrings and legs. Holy crap. This game will have as many as you can find out there. I mean, you already heard me talk about Detroit's D-line is huge. We know Baltimore's O-line's huge. That's one I'm excited for. I'm going to go to a game that I mentioned earlier. I'm just fascinated by this, and it's a sad commentary on the state of starting quarterbacks in the NFL, but Aiden O'Connell against Tyson Bajan, a couple of rookies we didn't expect to play at all this year. They're going to cross paths most likely. We don't know for sure, but it's trending that way, especially for the Bears. They're getting ready for Bajan, the undrafted rookie from Shepard University. Aiden O'Connell will get the start if Jimmy Garoppolo's back injury doesn't let him play, and it's a shame for Garoppolo because it's back in his hometown, Chicago, and all that, but couple of rookies we didn't expect to play somebody's got to win the game and Bajan has a chance to further impress people outside the organization the way he's impressed them inside let's take a break round three next here on this Thursday edition of PFT Live all right one more round of the week seven matchup draft Christopher what you got well I'm gonna just I'm gonna you know ride the the peacock here okay I'm gonna ride our game Sunday Night Football I I just think it's got so many matchups here it's a little bit of a week where there's underwhelming ones across the board we kind of hit on this right but the Dolphins run game what they're doing we know it's one of the most the most explosive run game in football against the second best run defense in football in Philadelphia with more big guys and versatility up front than just about any D-line in football. Uh, and that, that's going to be unbelievable to watch, to see if they can slow down Mozart and company and slow down the rest of that offense. I'm going to go to Broncos Packers. Just the, the difference in coaching styles and coaching generations. Sean Payton, Matt LaFleur, both guys are having rough years. Both guys need to win badly. And in a week of bad games, it stands out as one that may not be so bad. We're done. See you Friday. Have a great day. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.